Turn please to Jeremiah 32 and 24. Jeremiah 32 and 24. Look, the siege mountains are mounds. They've come to the city to take it. And the city has been given into the hand of the Chaldeans who fight against it because of the sword and famine and pestilence. What you have spoken, there you see it. You said to me, O Lord God, buy the field for money, take witnesses. Yet the city and that field has been given into the hand of the Chaldeans. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the Chaldeans. Into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take it. When you can't take possession, take title. Now let's turn it around another way and just look toward your name and say, take title. When you can't take possession. Please be seated. Jeremiah ministered during one of the darkest periods in the history of the Jewish nation. Judah's wickedness had brought her to a place where her relationship with God was strained and troubled. God was displeased. The nation of Judah was preoccupied and in great distress. Babylon, the greatest military force of that day, had launched a deadly attack against the nation of Judah. God had revealed to Jeremiah that though he had delivered Judah many, many times in the past, Judah was then to be defeated. Its land and its assets were going to be confiscated and its people were going to be made slaves and Many had already been killed by the Babylonians and others in Judah were facing starvation and great desperation. Jeremiah himself was in jail because he had prophesied what God was going to do and he had counseled King Zedekiah to surrender to the Babylonians to prevent any further bloodshed and destruction. Zedekiah not only rejected Jeremiah's advice, he put Jeremiah in jail for offering that advice. After a while, Jeremiah, of course, was proven to be correct, and Babylon did overwhelm Judah, Zedekiah's kingdom. And at the time of our text, the Babylonians had come very near to the city of Jerusalem. They'd already began to build siege mounds. 
great mountains of dirt that they would push up against the wall of Jerusalem so that they, by walking up on the dirt mound that they had placed against the wall, could come over the wall into the city to conquer and to overcome the city. But before we talk about this great destruction that was coming, let's take note of God's grace, God's mercy, even in the midst of a catastrophic situation. God, in their distress, gave them a promise. If there's anybody here today facing a distressful situation, a troubled situation, a sorrowful situation, I want you to know that God has made promises to you that can sustain you in the midst of your distress. Say that to your neighbor. God has made promises to you that can sustain you in the midst of your distress. Jeremiah 32, verse 37. God let them know that he still had a future for them. Notice how many times God says in this passage, I will. Not I may, not I should, not I might, but I will. Jeremiah 32, 37. Behold, I will gather them out of all the countries where I've driven them in my anger and in my fury. And I will bring them back to this place. And I will cause them to dwell in safety. Go to verse 38. I will be their God. I will give them one heart. Go to 40. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will not turn away from doing them good. I will put my fear in their hearts. Go to verse 41. I will rejoice over them and do them good. And I will assuredly plant them in the land. Go to verse 42. I will bring on them all the good things that I have promised. Their fields will be bought. And in this land you shall say that you say is desolate. Men will buy fields for money. Verse 44. Sign deeds and seal them for I will cause their captives to return saith the Lord look at Jeremiah 29 10 I will visit you and perform my good work toward you listen God said what I will come on say it again I will that's God's message in the midst of all the false promises in the midst of all the uncertainties of life, we have a God who makes promises and who keeps promises. In the midst of their terrible predicament, Judah received promises from the Lord. And some of you are in a terrible predicament now. Bills, creditors are pressing in on you from every side. The demons of hell are bombarding you with temptations designed to make you a slave and to exile you from everything that is valuable and important to you. The forces of evil of the earth assault you with relentless fury so that your very survival is at stake. But in the midst of all this, God seems distant, God seems silent, and it seems that you can go no further. But I pray you'll hear the voice of God saying, I will. Come on, tell two people, God said, I will. 
Jeremiah 33 and 3, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. How many of you believe that verse? God said, if you call me, I will answer you. Does anybody need to see something great, something mighty? I mean, you really need a miracle. You need God to do something powerful in your life. God said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah, in his predicament, received promises from God. But he also heard commands and directions from God. God said to Jeremiah in verse 32 and 7, your cousin, Hannah Mel, going to come to you and say to you, Jeremiah, by my field in Anathoth. Anathoth was just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. The Babylonians, or the Chaldeans, were on their way to Jerusalem. And they had to come through Anathoth to get to Jerusalem as they conquered and captured everything that they passed over. So this land that Hanamel was offering to Jeremiah was already occupied by the Babylonians. They had already conquered it. They were already ruling over it. And God said to him, uh, Hanamel said to Jeremiah, uh, the right of redemption is yours because you are my kinsman. And God said to Jeremiah, when Hanamel comes to you, as I've said he's going to, and says, by my field, you're my kinsman, I want to sell it to you. God said to Jeremiah, I want you to buy the land that Hanamel offers to you. But not only do I want you to buy it, I want you to pay good money for it. And I want you to have witnesses to the fact that you bought it. I want them to sign on the deed. After a while, Hanamel came to Jeremiah just as the Lord had said. And he said the very words to Jeremiah that had been told to Jeremiah by the Lord. There could be no doubt that God had spoken to him. You know, sometimes God speaks to you and you act like you don't know it's God. God, is that you? <laughs> Especially if it's something you don't want to do. Uh-huh. Man asked God for a wife. And the uh, Lord brought a woman to him and said, this is your wife. He looked at the woman. Is anybody else up there? But there could be no doubt that it was God that said to Jeremiah, do even as I have said. Nehemiah, Jeremiah, was in jail. That was a problem. Folk in jail don't speculate in real estate. Jeremiah was in jail. Folk in jail don't spend their money on needless things. They might say, if I get any money, I'm going to spend my money trying to get myself out of jail. But then in the second place, Hannah Mel was running a game on Jeremiah. The Babylonians had already overrun and captured his land in Anathoth. So the land that Jeremiah was buying and that Hannah Mel was selling was land that was under enemy occupation. Do you have anything that you know is yours, but somehow it's under enemy occupation? 
to anything that's supposed to belong to you, that's not accessible to you, that you cannot use, touch, or occupy. You cannot access it. You cannot possess it. Jeremiah and everybody knew that the Babylonians would be in control of the land of Anathoth for a long time. So while other folk were getting ready to run for their lives, while people were transferring their assets into that which could be carried and used upon themselves, when everybody else was going liquid and to easily negotiable uh, money, Jeremiah was told he should buy land under enemy occupation. If a bomb was going to be dropped on Los Angeles, not be a good time to spend your money on a fabulous hotel. But while destruction was on the way and the land was under occupation, Jeremiah was told by God, take title, even if you don't have possession. Not only was he told to buy land, he was told to call some folk around and let them witness what he was doing. Call people in so they can see you buy. You know, some people obey God secretly so that if it does not work out, nobody will know what a fool they were. But Jeremiah said, don't do it in the corner. Do it openly. I can hear folk talking now. You know, Jeremiah is one of the biggest fools I've ever seen. Chaldeans, Babylonians are overrunning the land that he bought. It's under enemy occupation, and he's paying good silver to buy captured, occupied land. The man is in jail. Something must have happened to him while he was in that jail. He must be losing his mind. What's wrong with Jeremiah? What a challenge to think that have people thinking that you're crazy, that you've lost your mind, that you're doing a stupid thing. But God always challenges us before he blesses us. Will you tell your neighbor, God always challenges us before he blesses us. God wanted to bless that widow in famine, in the famine. No rain had fallen for many years. But he had the prophet go and say to the woman, listen, God's going to take care of you, but make me a cake first. What a strange thing. A great big old rusty man saying to a starving widow, make me some food. Before you and your son eat, make something for me. If we'd been there, we would have run that prophet out of town. But when the lady made the prophet a cake first, her meal barrel never went dry, empty, and her oil crews never became dry. She had more than enough throughout all of the famine. He challenges us before he blesses us. There was a little boy in the wilderness with Jesus, 5,000 men and the disciples, and nobody brought lunch except this one little boy. And all he had was just a little boy's lunch, two fish and five biscuits. But Jesus said, let me have your lunch, young man. The young man gave it to Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, whatever it is, give it to Jesus. Jesus prayed for it. And Jesus broke it and began to distribute it to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. When they got through, 5,000 men had eaten, not counting the women, not counting the children. And then 12 baskets full of food was left over. He always challenges us before he blesses us. Some of you are going through a challenging time. God is testing, seeing what you are made out of, seeing are you going to do his will in the midst of your challenge, 
in the midst of your stress. But make up your mind just as Job made up his mind in the midst of his challenge, everything going wrong. But Job lifted up his hands and says, he knows the way that I take. And when he is testing me, I'm coming through this. If you're going through a challenge, just say to God, Lord, when you've tested me, I'm going to come out more than a conqueror, more than a victor. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. Hmm. You're not looking at what you've got. You're looking at what God is going to give you. You're looking at what God is going to do in your life. Jeremiah did exactly what God told him to do. He took some silver, 17 pieces or shekels of silver, weighed it out, gave it to Hanamel, had the deed signed, had witnesses to the deed, gave the purchase deed to Baruch, his scribe, the keeper of the records, had Baruch to put it in a clay vessel and seal it up so that it would last and not be lost and not be destroyed. And uh, he said, the Lord has said to me, Jeremiah 32, 15, that houses and fields and vineyards will be possessed again in this land. And in light of that, I need to own some land so these houses can be built and vineyards can be planted on my land. Jeremiah said, listen, I gave the purchase deed to Baruch and said, keep it for me because this deed is the guarantee that this property is going to be accessible to me or to my descendants in the future. It's not available to us now. We can't access it now. But by faith, I'm going to take title, even though I don't have possession. And the Bible says Jeremiah then lifted up his heart to the Lord and began to pray to God. said, God, you made heaven. You made earth by your great power. And there is nothing too hard for you. Child of God, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what's stressing you out. But you need to raise your hand to God and say, God, nothing is too hard for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why you obey him. That's why you trust him. That's why you rely upon him. That's why you have hope even in the midst of sorrow. You know that God can do anything. Come on, tell three people, God can do anything. So Jeremiah obeyed God. We obey God because we trust God. You obey God because you believe God's word. And when you believe God's word, you'll obey God no matter what. What God tells you to do may seem to be toward your disadvantage toward your deprivation. But what God tells you might involve great sacrifice of your resources and of yourself. But if you really love God and really believe God, you will obey God no matter what. Great men, great women of God are known to us because they obeyed God and because God brought mighty miracles in their lives. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The Bible says that Abraham, in contrary to hope, in hope believed and did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, believing, being fully convinced 
that what God had promised, God was able to perform. Say it after me. What God promises, he's able to perform. Clap your hands and praise God. All I try to do is just find a promise, find a promise, find a promise. If I can find a promise, I've got something to stand on, something to put my faith in, something to trust God to do. Abraham obeyed God because he believed God. And so while others were cowering in caves of hopelessness and desperation, Jeremiah asserted the independence of his spirit. He said everybody else is selling out and running out, but I'm going to assert my faith and my independence, and I'm going to buy while everybody else is selling. I'm going to trust God while everybody else is running. I'm not going to look at things as they are. I'm going to look at things as God says they're going to be. I'm going to see them as God has said they're going to be. And he did not see the Babylonians walking around on his land. He saw houses and vineyards being planted and his descendants walking back and forth on that land that he had purchased. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to look at what is not there. I'm going to look at what God is going to place there later on. Take title when you can't take possession. Come on, tell your neighbor, take title when you can't take possession. Listen, that Abraham would do these things expresses hope that he had in God. Anybody here losing hope? Anybody looking toward the future with an eye that's dim, pain? You can't see anything bright on the horizon. Can't see anything good that's on the way. But listen, whatever God says is going to be, you can rely on it. You can hope on it. If God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And a life without hope is the most miserable life that one can live. As long as Jeremiah had hope, he did not despair. He was in jail, but he still had hope. He was a captive, but he still had hope. He was rejected by his own. The land that he bought was occupied by somebody else, but Jeremiah said, it ain't going to be this way all the time. I've got hope in God. Come on, tell your neighbor, it ain't going to be this way all the time. I've got hope in God. Hallelujah. This is why the New Testament keeps on saying it came to pass. It came to pass. It came to pass. The Bible says it came to pass because it wants to let you know whatever you're dealing with did not come to stay. It came to pass. Your sickness is going to pass. Your poverty is going to pass. Your worry, your stress is going to pass. Your trouble is going to pass. Tell two people it's came to pass. Oh, I wish I had a praying church here with me today. Hallelujah. It came to pass. It came to pass. It came to pass. It came to pass. Listen, this is the message of hope for you. But not only did Jeremiah obey God and believe God, he asserted his legal rights. He asserted his legal claim. Jeremiah 
was the next of kin. Nobody else could buy that piece of ground that belonged to one of his family members. Nobody from the general public. It had to be offered to Jeremiah first before anybody else could have an opportunity to buy it. The family had a right. That way they kept property within families rather than alienating property from families. So Jeremiah asserted his legal right to buy the land. Even though the enemy was on the land, Jeremiah says, I'm going to buy the land. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're catching this. People of God, you've got some legal rights as a child of God that you are missing out on because you don't exercise your right. Tell two people, exercise your right. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it is. You should take title even though you cannot take possession. Believe God by faith so that when the title search is made, your claim will come up, your name will come up. Listen, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I am what it says I am. I've got what it says I've got. I can do what it says I can do. And the Bible says I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Come on and say it. I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Help me praise God. Hallelujah. You ought to be getting glad because you're taking title. You ought to be rejoicing because you're coming into your own in the name of Jesus. Jeremiah exercised his rights. He sacrificed the present for the future. That's what we've got to do. Sacrifice the present for the future. I know what you see now. I know what you want now. I know what you desire now. But God has something better than that in store. But you got to sacrifice this in order to get that. If you want what God has in store for you, you've got to give up something. Jeremiah could have said, I've got this money. I can buy my way out of jail. I can buy my exit out of the country. I can escape so that nobody will ever come upon me and do me any harm. Could have said, I'm going to hold on to this money because you never know when you really need it. But Jeremiah saw something else. He saw the glory of God. He saw the will of God. He saw the blessing of God. He saw the future of God. And he took present resources and invested them in a future that he could not see with the natural eye. What he could see with the natural eye, he gave it up for what he could not see. Listen, he said, God's vision for me, what God has in store for me is more real than my reality. Look over at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, what God has for me is more real than my reality. You've got to get to the point where you don't see what you don't see is more real than what you do see. Joseph saw what he didn't see. He saw a pit. His brothers hated him and threw him in the pit. He did not see himself. Uh, he did not see himself really in that pit, but he saw himself ruling and super ruling. He saw Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife that lied on him and had him thrown in jail. He saw that, but he saw something beyond that. He saw the miracle working power of God in his life. Hallelujah. And so every time he would see something bad, he said, listen, when I had my vision, I was not in a pit. I was ruling. 
my brother's shoes were bowing down to mine. I, 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 I didn't see the pit. I saw God's vision for my life. When I was in jail, I did not see a jail. I saw myself coming out. I saw the sun, the moon, the 11 stars bowing down before me. Listen, people of God, whatever God has shown you, keep on looking at it, keep on seeing it, keep on believing it until you really see it, until you get it, until you walk in the power of it. In the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so Jeremiah took a hope, a leap of hope, into the darkness of despair. He decided, I'm going to step out by faith. I'm just going to believe God by faith. I'm going to deny and reject reality as it is. Get to the problem when you say sickness, I'll say, what sickness? You say trouble, I'll say, what trouble? You say opposition, I'll say, what opposition? Listen, they that are with us are greater than they that are against us. Hallelujah. When a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so Jeremiah moved out, believing on God. His response was an immediate response. He didn't put it off. He didn't delay. When God said move, he moved. He did not do it in secret. He did it so everybody could see what he was doing. Somebody needs to see somebody believing in God. Somebody needs to see somebody who's walking by faith. And so Jeremiah said, I'll step out. And when I step out, somebody else will see me stepping out on faith. And they will believe God also. I want to live so people get, catch faith by observing my behavior. And say, if he could be blessed by God, I know I can be blessed too. In the name of the Lord. Jeremiah stepped out. But while he was stepping out, Jeremiah prayed. When he acted and did the will of God, he fell down before God and said, God, you've made heaven and you've made the earth and nothing is too hard for you. God, I've taken this action, but this action I have taken when I've committed to you is going to come out all right because you're the same God that made heaven. Going to come out because you're the same God that made the earth. And if you can make heaven and earth, you can do what I need done. If you can do that, you can work a miracle in my life today. Child of God, you need to know that if God did what he has done, he can do what you need done. He made heaven. He made the earth. He made everything that in them is. And if God can do that, God can give you peace in your mind God can open up a door that you cannot see God can turn it around do you have any mountains that you think you cannot climb do you have any rivers that you can't tunnel through God specializes in what is impossible so Jeremiah said God 
They think I'm losing my mind. They think I'm crazy. They think I have no sense. They think I'm doing something stupid. But the Bible says God can take the foolish things of the world and to confound the wise, the things that are not, can confound the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And so Jeremiah said, Lord, you're the mighty God. You're the omnipotent one. If you can do what you've done, you can do what I need done. How don't you raise your hand and say, Lord, you can do what I need. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Son of God, saw the cross, but he saw the resurrection on the other side of the cross. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He died on the cross. He was buried in the grave. But on the third day morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord of all. Yes, yes, yes. Pick up your title. Step out on your privilege. You've got a right to grab what God has promised. Hallelujah. I'm taking back my healing. I'm taking back my poverty. I'm taking back my sickness. I'm taking back my trouble. If God be for us, who can be against us? It's going to be all right, all right. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, take it back. Tell him again, neighbor, take it back. In the name of Jesus, give me back my money. Give me back my health. Give me back my peace. Give me back my house. Give me back my family. Give me back my joy. Lord, take it back. Take it back. Lift up your hand and say, take it back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Tell two people it's all right. Tell them it's all right. God's going to fix it. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his promise. It's going to work out. Tell somebody it's going to work out. 70 years down the road, here comes Jeremiah's descendants. They're saying 70 years ago, our grandfather signed a deed on this property. God has brought us back to the land of promise. Here's the deed. Give us what's ours. It belongs to us. Tell your neighbor what God has promised. God will perform. Nothing is too hard for God. And if God promised it, God will do it. It shall come to pass. Sometimes you've got to wait. Sometimes you've got to trust and give God time. He's a God you can't hurry, but he'll come, don't worry. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be right on time. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, 
and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Get up on your feet, everybody. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to wait till my change comes. Lord, I'm going to hold on. My miracle is on the way. Help me praise him. the battle is over. Shout right now. Don't wait till you get the miracle. Faith will thank God right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyhow, when misfortune comes your way, lift your hand to God and say, Hallelujah. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. I've got to stop. But what would you do if God healed your body right now? What would you do if God paid all your bills right now? What would you do if your enemy left you alone right now? Don't wait. Believe God now.